Breeze on a Thursday morning. Joining us now in our studios is uh, the Executive Director of the Northfield Historical Society, Kathy Osterman. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The <laughs> countdown is on. Yeah, it is. Are you all done with the Christmas uh, cram here, uh, both I professionally am. and personally? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for this to just... For a good weekend. I got one more day. Today's got <laughs> one more day of the crunch, and then uh, then the rest of the time, it's going to be a lot easier. Uh, let's talk about some things that uh, have happened or in 2021, and maybe will happen in 2022. You've got some ideas. And what I like, one, one of the things I'd like to start off with is... Uh, is the educational aspect of the Northfield Historical Society doing some more outreach? Uh, Rich and I were talking earlier that uh, you know not all the kids that are in the Northfield School District have ever been to the Historical Society and understood right. the uh, history, and and your uh, your intention is to do something about that. Tell us about it. Right. Um, well, that is something that we've recognized, and and we've recognized it for years that we are not getting all of the school kids in. And I don't mean like every classroom every year that it becomes an official something that is done throughout the schools. But if we could get a grade level that could come in every year, um, that that became a standard thing, a standard practice, that would be that would be so great. Um, and we recognized that that wasn't happening. And we recognized that the couple schools that would come in only could come in because they were within walking distance. So that would be Bridgewater, still a hefty walk um, to get to the museum. Um, and Sibley, they would walk as well. But what also happened with that is that if the weather was bad on a school field trip day, they wouldn't be able to come down. Um, so the problem was there wasn't any way to get students from Greenvale in there wasn't a way to get St. Dominic's in unless people were going to commit to a hike and cross your fingers that the weather was great. Um, so really, the to take um, weather out of that equation, you do busing. But a lot of schools don't have the money for busing. They don't have um, that kind of an allocation. So I, I talked with uh, Benjamin Buss and found out exactly what it would take to get um, field trips for maybe one grade level, each of the schools, you know, a couple trips back and forth to accommodate all the students. And we put that into our city service contract for this year. Um, and I cannot tell you how satisfying that is because for years and years and years, busing and trying to get local kids in has been something that we have, it's been a hurdle. Um, and this is the first year that we've come up with a solution to try and make this happen. I love that. Great idea. Now, you had mentioned the schools you mentioned, of course, are all the elementary schools mm -hmm. uh, here in mm -hmm. Whitfield. Is there, have you identified a certain age level or grade that uh, that uh, might be the kids are be at their, you know, ripest uh, from uh, as, a far of lear as far as learning uh, history? Right, right. Uh, it seems like I'm not a teacher. I don't have the standards memorized or anything, mm -hmm. but it seems like we get third graders to come in, um, and that kind of fits in with their curriculum a little bit. Um, and and so if we could start making it a, a citywide third graders make a visit at some point in the school year to the Northfield Historical Society, uh, that would be great. I mean, even, even a winter field trip, if you've now got busing, in the middle of winter when it is so boring and the kids are antsy, it, it might be kind of fun to have a local field trip. 
Yeah, it'd be fun anytime. Yeah. I recall yeah. a the, yeah, few trips of my youth. Usually went to farms and saw a cow with a hole in its stomach. <laughs> That's Central Illinois Public Education for you folks. That sounds like uh, there's a story behind that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we went there several times. The same cow had like the window so we could watch it. You know, and oh, process geez. whatever uh, whatever it is they ate. <laughs> we can get off that topic. Okay, Let's do it. I don't know how I wandered <laughs> into that. <laughs> now, you have, uh, the kids will find uh, a wide variety of Northfield stuff in there. You know, it uh, uh, it's not just about Jesse James Gang or the James Gang and the right. raid. It goes way, way beyond that. And you're continuing to... Uh, I guess to evolve as a historical society, uh, the history of Northfield before it was Northfield, of course, would not be extremely well documented. But uh, there were people who lived here, the indigenous people mm-hmm. in Minnesota, and mm-hmm. you're doing a lot more research and such on that. Tell us about it. Well, we're definitely doing that. Um both for our own knowledge, both to be able to answer questions that come up um, and to be able to present that information to the public, um, which they wouldn't normally have access to. And, And the reason I say they wouldn't have access to it is because we've got if you look spatially at the museum, we've got three rooms that are dedicated to the raid story, and that's where, percentage-wise, the most people come to the museum. That's what they see. That's what they want to see. They want to see Jesse, and they kind of don't know, don't need, in their minds, the background of Northfield. Um, but we're doing an injustice if we start Northfield history on September 7th. Mm-hmm. So, in order to back that up, but not detract from what people come to see, we want to explore some other methods of delivering that information and having that information available um, with some well-documented um, snippets that we found in history and um, being able to turn that into an interactive uh, touchscreen uh, that's available for people that if they want to really explore some of these topics, if they want to explore who the people were that lived here before the white settlement, we want to be able to provide that for them in an easy way. All right. That sounds uh, sounds like an easy way for the uh, for the <laughs> visitor, but it sounds like a lot of work for the people at the Historical Society. Hopefully that's a labor of love. But uh, are there, where, where do you get that information from? Uh, I, I'm sure the Minnesota Historical Society is probably a big source and right. can point you in a lot right. of directions. Um, definitely Minnesota Historical Society, uh, Rice County uh, has been, they're, they're definitely ahead of us on what research that they've done um, but the Faribault story is a lot different than the Northfield story as well so there are some um, there are some differences in in what we would be telling and what um, what information is available about Northfield um, but really doing a deep dive into the archives as far as w- what uh, what early settlers wrote about as far as what was their um, what was their contact like, um, what is the history of the Wapakude that were here in the Northfield area? What did they do? Where did they live? How? What was their culture like? Um, and kind of blending those two things, um, looking at archaeology, looking at um, just any aspect we can think of that will help build a story um, that 
people can look at to get some of that background. Um, and it's and it's really exciting. We've got um, a couple of J-term students. They're going to be coming in uh, at the beginning of January, and one of them is going to be starting this research for us and starting to identify the sources and the information that can be used for this uh, touchscreen interactive. Mm, boys, I can't wait. How long do you think the process will take? When will you have that uh, up and running? We would. <laughs> we really want to have it up and running. Um, in 2022, mm-hmm. doing a touch screen, you can continue to evolve and add things to it. So while we may have a couple topics to start out with, it's something that can be continually added to as more um, more is learned, more is, I mean, you've got a design aspect, you've got a technical aspect, and I'm not that technical. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a huge learning curve with okay. this. Um, but it's something that... Once it's up and running, we can continually add content mm-hmm. to it. And it's content that uh, doesn't really take up much space. Right. Uh, I'm sure your your archives are somewhat limited, but yeah, and people do like to see things and the actual you know remnants of uh, some relics of uh, of the past. But from an informational standpoint and educational standpoint, you can't beat the digital age. Exactly, exactly. It is going to allow us to do a lot more with the space that we have to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and be able to expand the stories that we're able to tell and really offer our visitors a chance to engage in the way that they choose. Um, Some people just want a cursory look at the things that are on the wall and they don't think about it and they kind of fly through the museum. Um, They don't have a lot of time to spend or whatever. Some people read every word and they have questions and they might be the type that would look at every single um, interactive that we have and engage and question and learn and pick up books on topics. Mm-hmm. And um, we really want to reach people in different ways and reach them so that they feel that they've learned something. Um, and, and acknowledge that the raid story kind of does take up our real estate, but there are other ways that we can incorporate the Northfield story mm-hmm. um, and the Northfield area story in what we're doing. All right. Once again, Kathy Osterman is with us, the executive director of the Northfield Historical Society. Uh, Kathy, anything else you'd like to bring to our attention while we have you in? No, we're we're finally kind of getting this educational stuff uh, moving. It's something I've been looking forward to for several years. Um, it, it's tough with only two staff to be able to do that, um, but you know we're developing things that that we can accomplish uh, and and we're using new technology new ideas and and doing things a little differently than we've done in the past and it's exciting yeah well it's uh that that shows in your expression you, you've got a <laughs> smile on your face and it sounds like you really love your job it's a point in time where good things are happening absolutely all right kathy thank you so much for coming in thank you for having me on merry ha- christmas merry christmas to you happy new year and we'll talk to you again we'll probably have you back on uh, sometime maybe